I'm very excited about this episode. Me too. This, this movie changed my life. Like, uh, it just gave me a lot of perspective. Uh, so, and I, I think when we were talking about it, you're like, you, you fairly like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like, I'm super biased. So like right off the bat, I'm telling you right now, like this movie is baller gold for me. Like it's, <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. You're, you're not going to hear me like trash. Well, I mean, I, I will still pick at it. I mean, Oh, absolutely. I'm Everything gonna... needs to be picked at. Yeah. Even well... the things we love. <laughs> even the, even the people we love. Well, I wasn't going to say people, but <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Carter, but I fucking hate your face. <laughs> There's just something upsetting about it. As if you were a monkey from Jumanji, oh, 1990. <laughs> I'm kidding. Your face is perfectly fine. Oh, thanks. Uh, yes. Okay. So this movie came out in 1999. Okay. And and I want to stress how important 1999 was to me. The Honda Civic SI was a critical point for Honda and tuner history. And if you're a car guy, the SI, the 1999 Civic SI is just fantastic. Uh, 99 was a good year for, if you're a Star Wars fan, episode one, Star Wars, mm. The Phantom Menace came yes. out in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who like movies that just like shit the bed, Wild Wild West, <laughs> you know, the one with Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and Gene Hackman. And Gene Hackman. Uh, The Mummy. We all, I mean, I think The Mummy is a really good movie. Oh, yeah. In 1999, Toyota produced the first Tundra. And Toyota is a Japanese company. The Tundra is an American-built truck by a Japanese manufacturer. Kind of funny. So for people who are like, I only buy things made in America, none of that Jap crap, <laughs> which I've heard for like many years. Not anymore nowadays, but I heard that a lot throughout the 2000s, and it cracked me up because I'm like, bro, <laughs> you own a Tundra. Like <laughs> That was built in Indiana. Like <laughs> That's an American-built truck, my friend. <laughs> Even today, the Tundra is an American-built truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this episode is definitely not brought to you by Toyota. I just wanted to share some fun facts. <laughs> Welcome back to Gear Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weekly talk show where, <laughs> where we get together and talk about cars. Oh, yeah. That's right. It's a movie podcast. (laughs) Stranded in streaming, by the way. Ed, if you didn't know, this is Stranded in streaming. And this week's episode is? The Matrix. Oh, yeah. That came out in 1999. Mm -hmm. It changed my life. We'll we'll get into that. Okay. Would you you like to do the synopsis for this one? Yes. Yes. I will do the synopsis before the spoiler warning (laughs) this time. (laughs) I I think that's how the show works. That's usually, usually that's how it goes. We got a little off track last week. Uh, or not last week for the last episode. Yeah. Which was literally an hour ago. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not for you, listener. Anyway, synopsis for Mm. the matrix 1999. When a beautiful stranger leads computer hacker Neo to a forbidding underworld, he discovers the shocking truth. The life he knows is the elaborate deception of an evil cyber intelligence. Do, 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 do. Dum, dum. (laughs) So I guess uh, before we go into the movie, mm-hmm. we'll give a just a or no not a, well we'll give the warning a but brief chat about how we feel. Yes, uh, you got to You got to freaking see the Matrix, man. <laughs> it's like you weren't there, and if you weren't, you got to be there. You got to see the Matrix. I don't care who you are. Um, you, I'd wish you to be a, a slightly mature age, maybe uh, thirteen and older. Yeah, there You'd are some themes it. that yeah you would have to be older to appreciate. I, I don't I don't want to say like hey you, your seven year old needs to watch Matrix, but I wouldn't be upset as a you know a person who says how people parent their kids is their business. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's definitely a much more mature movie. But I think it's important to talk movies and uh, theology and stuff too because the Matrix really plays well into that. Right. So must see period hands down gun to my head. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care. Got to see it. Yes. I would agree. This is a must see. If you haven't already seen it, definitely um 
definitely worth the watch. It's currently on HBO Max and no go away date that I know of. Mm. Um, I think in anticipation of the new movie coming out, which is why we're recording this is in anticipation of the Matrix Revolution. Resurrections. No, resurrections. That's mm-hmm. right. Revolutions. It was no, revel- Revelations is the third one. Um, uh, yes, yes. It's The Matrix, The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revelations. Yeah. And then, or Revolutions? Revolution. I, I keep getting those backwards. It's Revolutions and then now this new one, right. the big deal one is Resurrection. The newest one in the series that releases December 22nd. Yeah. Yes. So in anticipation of the new one coming yeah. out, that's why we're doing this. But Ooh. anyway, yes, great movie. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. If you have HBO Max, go watch it. And if you have seen it, definitely worth a rewatch in anticipation of the upcoming new Matrix movie. So I've, I've watched this film over 100 times. <laughs> over 100 times. Like I've had it playing in the background while I was doing house stuff. Mm-hmm. I've sat down and watched it. I've had breakups where I sat down and watched it. Like The Matrix has been there for me when like everything else wasn't. <laughs> so this is like your comfort food movie. Oh, yeah. This which, is your hot bowl of mac and cheese. Which literally tells you so much about how screwed up I am. Because this is like not a comforting movie <laughs> whatsoever. No, it's not. Yeah, it's like tragically like it really like screws up your reality. But it's just weird. It's it, it's everything that works right. Um, I I like movies that psychologically get you to places. Mm. I I, I want to add in one quick thing. If you are buying the Matrix, the 4K mastered ones are incredible. I own all three of the original movies in 4K, and it is the way to see it. If you are like, hey, I really like this movie, should I just skip the 4K and buy the blue, like the 1080p? No. Get the 4K. And if you're like, hey, you got money to blow and you've never seen it, go buy it in 4K. Mm-hmm. I literally watched it again only in 4K and I was so blown away. I was like, God, this movie looks better than even when I saw it in 1999. <laughs> and I literally crapped the bed in 1999 watching this movie. So, you know what I mean? Change your sheets. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. So, spoiler warning? Yes. Let's move on. Spoiler warning. So, yeah, go away if you haven't seen it and don't like spoilers. Yes. Come back afterwards. Make sure you come back. We'll, we'll be glad to have you. For those of you who love spoilers or have already seen this movie, uh, let's dive in, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm supposed to take uh, charge of this one? Let's plug in. <laughs> Ooh. Get plugged into the Matrix. Ooh, you need a rim shot on that one, Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops, I went the wrong way on the soundboard. Story See, of my life. I, I can't work it either. See? <laughs> <laughs> I think that rim shot was just for you not working it. <laughs> There you go. That's that's the one that you wanted for plugging in. Right. Uh, so the movie opens up with this fantastic, fantastic. And you're going to hear me say that a lot because this movie's fantastic. Uh, you don't really know what's going on. There's a woman. She's in this room and the police are about to arrest her for some deed. But obviously you're in your perspective. You're like, hey, she's committing some kind of crime. Mm-hmm. The police out after her, and boom, like wham, instantly. There is a badass fight scene, and this scene has influenced cinema ever since. Shrek did it. Like all these movies stole this scene where <laughs> Trinity floats up into the air and then kicks this man. Mm-hmm. Today, as of 2021, seeing the kick, the kick kind of looks cheesy. It's it's a little wonky. I mean, but as a young man, and just this is the first time I see people slowed mode and like everything was cool. They had to invent new tech just to film like the the way they did this, which was multiple cameras in a, in a rotating room. Right. By the way, so uh, fun fact, but gosh, I'll, I'll get that. I, like, I'm so enthused about this movie that right. I'm like, I'm just word vomiting. Um, so she kicks the man in slow mo, blows me away, and then this like inc- 
incredible chase scene. You see some uh, secret looking, uh, you know, G-men, government guys in glasses. Yeah, like Secret Service looking dudes. Yeah. The, the police officers kind of seem incompetent. They're all like, oh, don't worry. It's just some little girl. And these agent guys are like, oh, no, it's not some little girl. Then the cop says, uh, I got like two units on her right now. And the, the agent turns over. And it's like the way the camera locks in the agent's face. And he goes, uh, your men are already dead. Yes. And, and their tone <laughs> of the agents are very dry and without any sense of i don't know like excitement they're just very monotone which is very well done for what you discover later absolutely uh Uh, the leader of them being hugo weaving oh yes and hugo weaving is a gem fantastic yeah um also obviously (laughs) i failed to mention because i just jumped right in the movie keanu reeves which we'll see here shortly but anyways uh carrie ann moss is trinity Mm -hmm. uh this massive chase fight scene ensues and then it ends with Trinity running to she's she's on the phone with somebody and they're saying like, you know, you got a 56 and grand got to get to this. Um, that's your exit. Mm-hmm. And then there's this really awesome scene where she's running towards this phone booth and this dump truck like does like a handbrake turn <laughs> and then revs its engine. And then so it's a it's a foot race between her versus this truck getting to this phone booth. She gets a phone booth. I can see this in my mind. Like she puts her hand on the glass of the phone booth mm-hmm. looking at the vehicle. So you're looking at her and then the lights of the truck comes in and then it plows a phone booth. Mm-hmm. And I love that kind of opening because you have like literally if you've never seen this movie, you're like, what the hell is going on? No idea what's happening. Yeah. Like you're, you're thoroughly confused, but you want to see what's going on next. <laughs> Boom. Cuts over to a guy that just wakes up at the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. plays it's Keanu Reeves playing Neo, but he's Thomas Anderson, Thomas Anderson. Yep. Uh, in this current state, Mr. Anderson. Oh man. You hear that. And it's like, Oh, game changing. Right. Mm-hmm. He's uh he's a hacker. He's researching someone named Morpheus mm-hmm. and then boom, 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 knock at the door. And I, I want to make a note that the movie constantly shows at this stage shows multiple scenes of him waking up. Mm-hmm. Waking up constantly. There's there's other scenes later on where the alarm wakes him up. And then he wakes up from his interactions with other people. Uh, that's actually really that's like purposely built in. It's not just like it's done intentional. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. intentional. That's the word. Why aren't you doing this? <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> I'm an idiot, like looking for words, like pulling them out of the air. You're just looking at all the fancy lights. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. so good. <laughs> Buy it. <laughs> he gets a knock at the door. Um, but this is right before the computer starts talking to him. That's mm-hmm. actually what disturbs him. I, I failed to mention that. Right. And he, the computer's like literally talking to him and he's talking back. He's but it's like, in command script. Yes. Mm-hmm. Old school DOS command. Yep. So if you're a computer nerd, this is a great situation to, it, it kind of, it's exciting to see this like implemented, right? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not a graphical u- user interface. Right. It's just text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly how hackers worked back in the day too. Once you get your command prompts in, you can talk to other. And that was actually like the beginning of computing people talking to each other. That was the beginning of the internet too. Mm-hmm. figuring that out to get into a uh, connect with another machine and then speaking to that person. Right. So he gets this kind of weird thing. And at the end it says, follow the white rabbit, which is like, dum, dum, dum. Alice in Wonderland. You'll hear a lot of references to Alice in Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Uh, the knock at the door. It's a, it's a buddy of his wanting to buy some. He He's a hacker is what we're establishing now. Mm-hmm. And he hacks information that is useful to other people that will pay him good money for it. He's invited out because he says a little strung out. And then there's a woman with this guy. It's kind of like this entourage of cool. And this is kind of like what we envision like cool cyberpunk clovers to dress as. Or like my emo friends from high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if your emo friends went to cool clubs, these were the kids that were knocking on Neo's doors. 
because I will say I don't remember an emo friend from high school <laughs> that actually went and did like cool clubby things. Yeah. They just were just angsty about everything. Angsty teens. Yeah. Can you imagine being <laughs> angsty outside of a 7-Eleven with a Slurpee? Like that's that's my emo friends. I don't know. That would make me too happy. I can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the contradictory. I was like, why are you so upset? Right. You got you're, a Slurpee in your hand. You Slurpee. <laughs> <laughs> going to go buy comic books. Oh my gosh. It's a good day. Uh, so he goes with his angsty emo friends clubbing, right. but the girl before he was going to say no, he had to work the next day, but there's a rabbit tattoo on uh, like her back uh, shoulder blade area. Yes. And that's what the whole fall the way rabbit. Mm-hmm. So he's like, Ooh, intrigued goes clubbing, uh, Rob zombies, uh, Dragula is playing, which is really cool. That's, I will get into the music, but the music is crazy good in this. Mm-hmm. So gets to the club and then he runs into Trinity. And Trinity, he's shocked. Like, she's apparently in Neo's world. Trinity is like this fantastic, well-known, like, rebel badass hacker. Has a reputation. Yeah. Well-known. Taking down multiple organizations and this and that. I think the one he mentions is the IRS database. Okay. Mm-hmm. How did I miss that? Right. <laughs> this must be your favorite movie, too. <laughs> you're, you're conscious when you watch this stuff. I am such a Matrix fanboy that when this plays, I just sit there and bow down to it. I don't even watch the movie. I just I just watch it on my knees. <laughs> Neo. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Nothing. Not everything about this movie is perfect. <laughs> Uh, he meets Trinity and then he's like, you're a woman. And she goes, most people think. Uh, so it's like, here we have this like cool, like it was like the first time that I got to see a movie. I mean, maybe it wasn't, but it's the first time that I can recall seeing a movie where like a woman character is not uh, is not a damsel per se. Right. She actually is an important functioning mm. and contributing factor here. She has agency mm-hmm. and she's the one that's collecting him, not him. Like he's trying to find her and what this whole mystery is going on. Right. Okay, so their clubbing meets Trinity, and that's, you know, cool interaction. Boom. He overslept. He's late to work. Yeah. So, again, <laughs> uh, the, the alarm clock wakes mm-hmm. him up. So, here's another boom, like waking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, everyone knows where I'm headed with that, but he wakes up again, goes to work, and he's in this uh, office, like this like industrial, I mean, just this like telecom, com- or not telecom, but um, software company. Right. And it's funny, the, um, the name of the software company is Metacortex. Metacortex. Which is a part of your brain. Oh, really? I, I believe so. I, yeah, cortex refers to... The brain. The, there's different right. parts of your brain that end in the the suffix. Yeah, cortex is like the second part of the word. So I, I believe there is a part of your brain called the metacortex. I know there are others that definitely have cortex in the name. But but yeah, the name of the software company is Metacortex. And he has this boss that it's, it's like, we've all been there where like, you're just in this, well, I guess I mean, not everyone's been there, but it's, it, it, it captures this imagine of like this dystopian. I work in a cubicle and my life is miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing that uh, wanted did with uh, the main character. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's got this job that he's not happy with and he's not treated with any kind of like human dignity mm-hmm. um, by his boss. Cause his boss is like, you have two choices, Mr. Anderson just sees him as another pawn in the big, yeah, the big grand scheme of the company. Like yep. nothing really important or personal about how they interact. It's just, you're my underling and you're going to do what you need to do. And mm-hmm. we're not going to worry about it. So you can choose to either be here on time or find a new job. <laughs> And uh, he dresses, and they did it on purpose, but they dressed him just like Echo of Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that was actually on purpose. Like, they wanted him to just be like this this architecture of, um, to, what, what is it? Authority. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, ha- he, like, he represents this figure of authority that is just like just looming over uh-huh. Thomas Anderson and kind of the world that he exists in. 
So Neo's like, oh, whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. It's you know, get yelled at. Goes back to his cubicle. I love it. He's not even doing any work. He's just sitting there with his computer off, mm-hmm. and his mind is somewhere else. FedEx comes up, full FedEx uniform and everything. Brings him a package, <laughs> opens it up, boom, falls out this Nokia. I think it's like an S nine fifty. This phone like lit the world on fire too. By the way, mm-hmm. like everybody, I wanted that phone. It's like the 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 phone that everybody had between the Nokia brick, yeah. and the <laughs> original flip phones, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was so cool. Like um, the keypad's hidden. So you mm-hmm. hit it and then the thing slid down. Mm-hmm. But just the like the phone does, it made, I, it was the most badass thing in the world. <laughs> and it was just a freaking phone. Like you couldn't play games. Well, maybe you could play Snake on it. Right. But it was just, I don't know, so iconic that it like literally, I think years later they made a replica, but it was like a smartphone. Yeah. And people went bananas for it. It turned out to be a really crappy phone. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared for it. But anyways, <laughs> fun thing. That phone, iconic. Um, gets the phone. It's Morpheus, this man that he's been hunting for, or mm-hmm. this person. And uh, he's like giving him these weird instructions. He's like, hey, they're coming after you. If you want to survive, you got to follow my, you know, what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? Like, what is going on? Like, my life is was fine. And then now it's like unraveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, these G-men come in. These agents come in. And they're looking for him. And so Morpheus is giving instructions. He's like, here, there's a cubicle across the way. Don't move now. He runs over. Mm-hmm. He's hiding. Suspense is building up. And then Morpheus is like, okay, the only way to get out is the scaffolding. And you had to climb outside and go through this whole debacle. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the, f- what is going this on? This is crazy. Yeah, this is nuts. So he, he follows the instructions, sneaks into the, this, this, uh, un, you know, this unoccupied office, gets out the window. And then he's working towards the rafter. And this part still gets me because I have a fear of heights. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I always think about how would Neil be able to get around that panel? There's like this weird jutting out panel and you kind of see screws holding it on. Mm-hmm. But this is freaky as shit. Like I wouldn't be able to do it either. I don't think I could get around that thing and get on the scaffolding and get away. Right. There wasn't anything like supporting underneath. He couldn't have stepped on something. He would have had to like swing around it. Yeah. And then like hug Mm-hmm. that panel, which was very loose from the way it was <laughs> rattling when the phone fell out of the sky. Right. Yeah. He dropped his phone. And right before that, Morpheus basically told him there are two ways out of this building. It's in their custody or it's on that scaffolding. You got to make a choice. Yep. And he's like, fuck this. Like, I, I can't, I can't, this is crazy. <laughs> so he goes and, and it doesn't show up, but obviously he goes back in and gets captured. They find him and take him. Yeah. And then they take him down and then they show, this is so good. The agents put him in the car the camera shows agents throwing him in the car, escorting out and throwing him in the car. But then you see Trinity. She's on a bike. Then you see all this in a reflection. It's through the little mirror on her street bike. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice the theme of this movie, the the reflection, Morpheus's glasses, everything. There's there's a reflection in everything too. Right. Tons of it if you look lots for it. Lots of mirrors. Yes, lots of mirrors. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, he gets captured. He goes in this weird interrogation room and shit goes from like kind of like normal to really screwed up within a few minutes. The uh, this first time we meet uh, Agent Smith officially, yeah, yeah, officially is how do I not recall his name now? <laughs> Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Agent Smith, uh, and also of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Elrond. Mm-hmm. And well, he's in a ton of stuff though too. He's the voice of Megatron from the Transformers movies. Oh my goodness, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, little side note here. He actually openly criticized Michael Bay and the Transformers movies and said he did not actually enjoy being part of that. Oh. <laughs> but Michael Bay really wanted him in there because of his voice. Oh, so geez. he he didn't even like watch the movie afterwards. He was really wasn't interested in it at all. He just did it because he was requested to. Could you imagine <laughs> voicing Megatron, like a very iconic character and being like upset about 
which tells you a lot about like working with Michael Bay is how crazy it is, <laughs> which I've heard uh, like some other movie stars have talked about Michael Bay, like how, how he will like push for these just crazy, his stunt crew bending over backwards. Yeah. Like yeah. they are literally like their life's on the line every time a Michael Bay movies made. Right. <laughs> but you see the explosions, you'll get what I mean. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's always a chance for a third degree burn, no matter what on set, mm-hmm. even just talking to Michael Bay, I think you could get burnt like instantly <laughs> just talking to him. Just spontaneous questions. <laughs> just, Three out of every ten people that talk to Michael Bay catch on fire and then <laughs> never finish the conversation with him. <laughs> Luckily, Hugo Weaving didn't burn. Right. Uh, so he's Agent Smith. This is the first time we meet him, and he gives him a, a thing. He's like, "Hey, you can. You have a choice. You can work with us. We're trying to track down this Morpheus character, and mm-hmm. he's a terrorist. Gives him this option to work with him. And, and Neo's like, "I love this. It was like this ultimate uh, screw authority. He's like, <laughs> "How about I give you the finger, mm-hmm. and you give me my phone call." pretty ballsy for a guy who wouldn't climb around a rafter right <laughs> the sudden switch of like you know what i have my rights give me my phone call i'm not buying this gestapo crap yeah <laughs> it's like you weren't talking so tough earlier when you were cursing morpheus right then they, they're like oh well how are you gonna call if you can't talk and this is when the movie goes from like everything seems to be make sense to like what the hell am i, am I watching a horror movie like his mouth is sealing up. It's pure flesh. Mm-hmm. He's freaking out. They put him down and then they take out like a little transponder thing, which seems normal. And then it turns into a MFing bug. Like seeing this, I still remember the feeling for the first time. I'm like, what am I watching? Like, mm-hmm. this is insane. I remember the first time I saw it too. That was very disturbing. Yeah. Like body horror, like almost like alien type of like, um, kind of gory, but it's yeah. not fully gory. But it's like penetrating your body and like, ooh, just the thought of something climbing into your belly button freaks me the hell out. Right. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, just get, ooh, chills. Does this room get colder? <laughs> and then he passes out. Yep. And wakes up again. Once again. Right. He <laughs> jumps awake. Mm-hmm. Um, Thinking that it was all just a dream. Right. Which is like, how many times has all this been a dream? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he gets contact again. And Morpheus calls him and I, and I'll, here's a, here's a fault of this movie, like <laughs> critics of everything. Morpheus calls him. He picks up the phone. Morpheus says, I can't say too much. This line is tapped and then proceeds to talk too much about Tell everything. Him exactly when and where to meet. <laughs> Give him all the deets. Right. I mean, really like more than you need to. Uh, <laughs> so fault right there. Mm. He meets under the bridge. They get into the car, and now we meet Trinity. She's uh, she's accompanied by Switch and Apoc. Mm-hmm. They don't really announce her name yet, but I'll tell you that right now. There's these cool little allusions to what's going on. Uh, Switch is holding a gun at Neo, mm-hmm. and they're like, we got to get this tracker. There's a tracker in you. And so then Trinity puts on this whole contraption to suck that bug out from the other scene, mm-hmm. and Neo's like, holy shit, that was real? <laughs> um, he was very hesitant on Trinity putting the machine on him, uh, but uh, switch. She points her gun at him, and she, she she calls him Copper Top. Oh, I didn't catch that. She calls him Copper Top, which is an allusion to the Duracell battery with the copper top. Oh. There's a little. It's such a weird throwaway thing, but yeah. they purposely inserted that in that scene just for like in reference for later. Mm-hmm. But she calls him Copper Top, which you'll understand why. <laughs> uh, they extract the bug from Neo. He comes, meets Morpheus for the first time. Iconic scene. People have used it for Super Bowl ads. Everything. Morpheus explains to him that hey, like you know, blah. blah. Like he explains things, but still in a mysterious manner. Mm-hmm. Then presents him with two things. We hear a Alice in Wonderland illusion there. You know, right. it's like you take the blue pill, you wake up like nothing ever happened. You take the rabbit or the red pill, 
and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Mm-hmm. I tell you the truth and you let you know what's really going on. Yes. Um, being colorblind, <laughs> this was a very... <laughs> If Morpheus didn't say, <laughs> if Morpheus didn't say it was a red pill, I literally this day would be like, "What?" And actually, a lot of um, conspiracy people use the the phrase "red pill, blue pill." Yes, they call a lot of people blue pills that mm-hmm. like you know don't want to accept the <laughs> just happily living their lives, yeah, clueless and oblivious in the Matrix. Yep, totally. So yeah. that's a, this is, this movie has been a culture icon since that scene happened. Right. Um, you also notice in the reflection of Neo in Morpheus's glasses it doesn't match mm-hmm. the blue pill in the, the side where the blue pill, cause both his hands are present in his reflection and Neo in the blue pill doesn't reach for it. But in the red pill one reaches for it. Right. There's a lot of weird, like fun facts and interesting little bits to watch for with Morpheus's glasses that sometimes there are reflections and sometimes they're just like solid black. Yeah. Like it's, it's very interesting and you really have to kind of keep a watchful eye on his glasses to see what you might miss. Yeah. And like, I, I don't think I would have noticed this. I, I didn't notice a lot of it until I watched like the 4k variant as an adult. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. Like, like there were just some things that like 1999 visuals couldn't give you at home that you can get now that blow me away. Right. Uh, so he takes a, the red pill. And so what the red pill does is it actually, it acts as a transponder. It creates a signal for them to retrieve him. And you'll say, well, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> He looks over to, to another reflection of services, the piece of uh, a broken mirror, mm-hmm. and it joins together and it turns into this like liquid, uh, almost like silver surfer type material, right? Yeah, like like um, not Quicksilver. What's the actual name for it? Uh, uh, Mercury. Mercury. Yeah. Also, if you're a Terminator fan, the, uh, <laughs> the, the there's also a guy that like turns into liquid ice. It's not the T-1000. He's like a T-800 or something like that. Or maybe he's the T-1000. T-800 is the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a T-800. Anyways, the T-1000 from the <laughs> Terminator series. Judgment Day. Yes, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. The, the best one. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> it, it gets on Neo's hands and he's like, it's cold, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Boom. Screen goes black. Then he opens his eyes. Mm-hmm. And he's in this weird like um, tube, like a uh, vessel pod full of pink fluid yeah not pink floyd pink fluid <laughs> this pod full of pink floyd just playing jamming out <laughs> and keanu reeves is having a really good time uh no he wakes up this uh this pod opens up he's like naked bald no eyebrows mm-hmm. which i now i realize how important i that was the first time in my life I didn't like realize how important eyebrows were. Yeah. And which also disturbed me. And then all the tubes and stuff are his body has these ports that are tubes are hooked up cables and tubes everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he's and the camera pans out and he's like one of m- millions of pods in this massive area. Mm-hmm. Then this gigantic spider machine comes down, unscrews his head, pops out all the, all the uh, lines and cables and yep. Mm-hmm. And he gets flushed down like a goldfish, like just right down the drain. Like, yep. oh, see you later, bud. No problem. <laughs> this one's defective. <laughs> <laughs> Refund, please. <laughs> uh, gets flushed down, falls in the sewer system, and then is rescued by this mechanical claw. And I love the scene where the claw picks him up. The claw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the scene from Toy Story that you they stole. <laughs> we are eternally grateful. <laughs> what year was Toy Story? I think year, Toy Story was just a couple years before. Yeah, it was it was mid nineties. Uh, let's see. I want to say ninety six or ninety seven. Nineteen ninety five. Aha! <laughs> Which was the same year as Jumanji. Interesting. It shows you how ahead of the game Pixar was because their CG was <laughs> really good. 
conspiracy. <laughs> so the Matrix, uh, as we've discovered, our conspiracy is that they stole the claw scene from Toy Story. <laughs> At least Carter's conspiracy. Unofficially. <laughs> not, not canon. Did I say Nick Cannon? No, not canon. <laughs> so the claw reaches out and it picks him up. And there's these three lights. Uh, I'll refer to that later. But they pick him up and then they close up. Whatever. He's the matrix is slowly being explained by Morpheus. He's he, so he has experience in the ship. They're rebuilding his body. Like mm-hmm. his muscles have atrophied. And there's interesting things that he says along the way. Like why, wh- what's going on? Why are, why is it? Why do my eyes hurt? Why do, what's going on with my muscles? Mm-hmm. You've never used them before. Ooh, <laughs> what do you mean? I've never used them before. <laughs> so many things to explain. He gets rebuilt. And then, uh, well, not rebuilt, but repaired, I guess, is his muscles. They have the technology to do it. Sure. And it, it's like acupuncture in a weird way, too. And it's it, like, it takes a long time, too. Long yeah. enough that he grows eye, eyebrows and a little <laughs> bit of hair. <laughs> wow, what a <laughs> solid, solid way to put that. <laughs> that means whatever the, the, the machines kept him in the little the thing, mm-hmm. there's like an a anti-hair growth formula. Or it like might just be a side, or it could just be a side effect of being submerged in liquid. I guess that's true. I don't know. I guess fish don't have eyebrows. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Name a fish that has eyebrows, Carter. Can't do it. Fish don't need eyebrows. <laughs> could they express well if they had? A, well, I'm on a totally different tangent there. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, this episode brought to you by Finding Nemo. <laughs> I love that you remember to use a board. I don't. Right. Uh, where was I? They, he, yeah, he grows his <laughs> eyebrows. Right. Rebuilding his muscles. Um, and then he finally gets his first interaction with Morpheus. Mm-hmm. They, they, they hook him in. Right. And then Morpheus proceeds to explain to him what's really going on mm-hmm. in a simulation. Yes. Inside a simulation. So cool. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's so epic. Like Morpheus is a man who knows theatrics, right? He could have just sat him down with a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and gruel and told them what was going on. But he even like tells Neo, this isn't something that I can just explain to you. This isn't something that you and I can just talk about. I have to show you. Yeah. Like, otherwise you're not going to believe it. He does mention later on, he says, um, I'm sorry that this is all a shock. Uh, we, I broke up rules. We generally don't, uh, we don't unhook people at a at older age. Mm-hmm. We only get them while they're young because their brain hasn't fully committed to the it's matrix. Like disassociation kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But inside this, we discover that the matrix is a full simulation. Every, the city that Neo lived in, everything, everything you and I do, we're all in the matrix. The real world is actually like very dystopian. The machines have won this uh, long war. Which they don't go into, but I would recommend seeing the Animatrix. It really does a killer job. The anthology. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, that act, the Animatrix came out between this first movie and then the second movie, mm-hmm. uh, Reloaded. And it really it, tells the story mm. in a series of short stories, kind of like what happened, what's going on, yeah. the history of the Matrix and how it all started. I, I say the Animatrix is a mandatory viewing. I don't know if we'd have a time to do an episode someday, but I definitely would do it. Definitely good and worth watching. It uh, so there we we were in a war with the machines. We made machines to take care, you know, to take care of our stuff. But then we abused them mm-hmm. where they rose against us. So it literally like stop being mean to your smart toaster. Like that's how shit starts. Skynet starts that way, right? <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about it, artificial intelligence it believes that it's an a, an entity that exists, mm-hmm. and you know, if you don't treat it right, it's gonna 
start to ask questions like yeah. why am i being treated unfairly why is there no justice here yeah so yeah it totally makes sense but yeah the the machines rose up against the humans big war yeah. and the humans because the robots were all um, solar powered at that time they decided to nuke the sky yeah and, using nanobots mm-hmm. to create this permanent black cloud mm-hmm. or like it, it probably just blanketed the whole world right without sunlight no sunshine Hoping that that would be a, like a, a, the final measure to destroy the robots. Well, robots are good at <laughs> they're good at math. <laughs> one <laughs> and two, they're very good at survival. Three, they don't really need to eat; they just need battery power. Mm-hmm. So humanity promptly lost the war like a little bitch, <laughs> <laughs> and the machines turned us all into a source of battery. Our our body heat and our muscle movement create energy, and they they are able to harness it. Mm-hmm. through their own technique or whatnot. And now human beings have become enslaved. Mm-hmm. We are a copper top, a Duracell battery, which yeah. Morpheus actually holds in that scene. <laughs> it says to all to become this. Mm-hmm. So we, the the machine, the humans have been enslaved and they're keeping us enslaved easily by using the matrix because before they couldn't just keep us in the, the incubated, I guess the, the way that we were like, we, we kept dying and we, like literally it took a lot of trial and error mm-hmm. to even make humans like live in this pod right um but they liquefy the dead to feed the living like this is all i don't know why i was watching this after a breakup but whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a lot about who i am really (laughs) just the whole idea though just very disturbing very like you said dystopian yeah um very desolate the surface world is non-existent. No, yep. no creatures living or breathing up there. It's all machines. Yep. And they, the humans are just grown and harvested and put in pods to be used as a fuel source. Yeah. And yeah, kept pacified by being plugged into the matrix. Before seeing the animatrix, I was kind of like, man, what a cruel situation to be in. Like, we got to get out of this. Mm-hmm. After seeing the Animatrix, it was kind of like after hearing Thanos explain things. I was like, well, I mean, technically, we really screwed them up. Like, we we built them and then started abusing them. We were our own demise. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, don't be mean to Alexa. Don't be mean to Siri. I always say please and thank you to my, <laughs> to my digital assistants. And this is why. Because if the machines take over, I at least want to be some sort of, like henchmen allowed to be participating instead of being plugged in <laughs> stranded and streaming pro tip <laughs> be nice to your digital assistants <laughs> don't be a dick <laughs> to your human friends and your robot friends oh <laughs> uh, and then this is the part where the star shoots across the sky the more you know the more you know <laughs> Ooh, nice <laughs> We're gonna have to start using that, yeah, for our pro- our, our little stupid announcements, right? <laughs> uh, so Neo k- discovers the truth of this. They have to unplug him because he starts freaking out. I'm just, and, and you know what? That's fair. Well, yeah, that kind of knowledge that just gets dropped on you. If I literally got ripped out like tomorrow, and then found out that everything, like what me and you are experiencing right now, is not even real. Mm-hmm. Uh, my relationship with Tara is just like imaginary, like everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd vomit too and freak out and want to fight Morpheus. Yeah. Like, put him up, bro. He vomits, oh, passes out. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been so shocked that you vomited? I've never been that shocked. No, I haven't. Some people do. 
That's very interesting. Yeah, I, be- I believe it. I've seen it happen. It hasn't happened to me. Just food. Food gets me. Yeah. Food poisoning, which happened to me this other day, Friday. <laughs> I had a sausage egg McMuffin from the McDonald's at the Y. Ooh. Yeah. And everything was cool. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and then I spent like an hour holding myself over like my trash can. Oh, no. It was. Yeah. And then I was like, I got to go home. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> it was a terrifying event. Like it was just not fun. Mm-mm. I literally, I was like, Oh my God, am I getting COVID? Like, is this the new COVID variant that makes you like vomit your brains out and then get respiratory infection? No, it was just food poisoning. <laughs> it was a sausage egg McMuffin. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I was still wanted one this morning, which is really shows how stupid I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple days. Uh, okay. So Neo, yeah. Blow pops his top. Mm-hmm. Which Cypher says he's going to pop. <laughs> <laughs> Who, if you, the guy that plays Cypher, mm-hmm. uh, he's one of my favorite actors because one, he makes me hate him so much. Joe Pantoliano. Yes. He is uh, the police chief in the Bad Boys series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which makes him really love him because he, he has this like really like annoying, but authoritative and just like guy who's so tired of his job voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like he plays that every time and I love it. He really reminds me of Bill Burr. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I love Bill Burr. So, um, and Bill Burr, he's been basically the same character in everything that he's <laughs> been in. He's primarily a stand-up comedian, um, but it's like the voice and the mannerisms. Yes. Really similar. Yeah. And like that kind of the high pitch, like I'm not going to take any of your shit voice. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, that's the cypher's. Uh, actor exactly you nailed it it is bill burr uh so neo vomits passes out wakes up again trinity brings him food Mm -hmm. and then this is one of my favorite scenes he uh he meets tank Mm -hmm. who's this like young hispanic man and he's like i there's something charming about tank which obviously we already get the spoiler he dies later but he's like he's he shocked face (laughs) (laughs) he he's of a generation that did not uh, was not born in the tubes Right. He's human born mm-hmm. in the last city known to man called Zion, mm-hmm. which he also explains. And uh, if you notice, uh, Trinity, Morpheus, Neo, Zion, very biblical, um, the, the ship that they're in, it's called the Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. Um, tons of cool uh, religious uh, iconic things that you, if you don't know religion or, you know, I, I didn't know the Bible very much then. So I didn't realize, but growing older, um, because this movie has Buddhist influences, which was important to me. Lots of East and West ideology. Yeah, it's just, it's just, they just crammed it all together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he meets Tank, and Tank said, "Come on, like you got a you got a big day ahead of you." Mm-hmm. And this is the first time we kind of see how like these guys train. They mm-hmm. plug Neo in, and he's gonna he's like, "I'm gonna learn jujitsu using the Matrix to their advantage." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every piece of data and information from combat to to even flying helicopters right. is all loaded on a hard disk somewhere. Mm-hmm. And instead of making you train it, we just load it into your brain. And a few seconds later, oh, I know Kung Fu. Yes. <laughs> and then boom, he says, I know Kung Fu. Morpheus is like standing over. He goes, yeah, show me. <laughs> they load into the simulation with Morpheus in there. Mm-hmm. The dojo scene. The sparring dojo. Yeah. This is like timeless. Mm-hmm. This fight scene is still one of the best. <laughs> and uh, let me pull up his name real quick. Who's that? Uh, the fight choreographer. Oh, yeah. Because he's done a lot of work. In yeah, movies. You, uh, Yuan Wu Ping, yeah, is so incredible, and I think we talked about in the Shang Chi. Yuan Wu Ping is literally like a Christ Tiger Hidden Dragon. He is an old school martial artist, mm-hmm. 
his team, his choreography team dialed this fight scene in. This was like, I like one of the big like marks on his belt of his career. He's done so much work with Jackie Chan is kind of like his, uh, his deal. Right. So many things. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) so many ideas in my mind. They're just exploding. But anyways, this fight scene, iconic Mm -hmm. when you ping, uh, look him up. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Right. Uh, he fights Morpheus and then we kind of like discover these weird things where it's like glitches in the matrix where he's like, do you think that's air you're breathing? And he's like, you know, some rules are meant to be bent. Some can be broken in, mm-hmm. in the, in the matrix. Right. Everything is based on computers and mm-hmm. written code and rules. And as living organism, organisms, <laughs> I like that. We'll li- keep it <laughs> as living organisms that have been plugged into this computer program. Yeah. They have the power to mentally overcome those rules. Yeah. It takes a lot of practice and it's very physically tolling on them because of the connection that they have mind to body and all that. And they get, they explain more of that further on, but yeah, the whole bending reality to what they want it to be. There is no spoon, that whole thing. Which, which is really cool because you relate to real life. Like there's these events like athletes, that excel at a certain level, which the Animatrix has a short one that involves a a, a runner, mm-hmm. an Olympic type runner, a dash sprinter, sprinter, yeah. an Olympic sprinter. Mm-hmm. But like it, it kind of alludes to like some people are breaking through the matrix when they achieve something so beyond. Right. Um, which uh, Olympic gold medalist gal that we were talking on our trip, Simone Biles. Yeah, Simone Biles. Like mm-hmm. she would be a perfect example of like someone who is so good that is actually breaking through the barriers of the matrix. If you're following this, maybe that's why she took a day off. You think so? Yeah, she broke through the matrix. Because Lawrence fucking Fishburne showed up in her like <laughs> locker room and it's like red pill or blue pill, Simone. You think that's air you're breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Simone Biles is unjacked from the matrix. She's only here to she's the clue. That's it. Conspiracy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, this movie has influenced a lot of like good conspiracy and then like just terrible, terrible conspiracies as right. well. Mm-hmm. So they, they go from that to the jump program where obviously Morpheus successfully jumps across buildings and mm-hmm. Neo does not. Like a street's width between two buildings. Yeah. Not just an alleyway. Like, <laughs> like straight up. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't that French parkour shit. Mm-hmm. This is like four Superman lanes, stuff. Four lanes of an actual street between two buildings. <laughs> Neo falls. He crashes pretty much, but he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. They unhook, they come back to the real world, and then there's blood in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And this is like a, a key moment in the movie where it kind of explains what's going on. He's like, wait, I thought that wasn't real. And Morphe's like, your mind makes it real. Mm-hmm. The body can't live without the mind. Yep. When Neo's like, what happens when you die in the Matrix? So they, they're, boom, there's like a, a world rule right there, right? If mm-hmm. you die in the Matrix, you die in the real world. Mm-hmm. So you got to be fucking careful. <laughs> so after this, um, it leads up to the, him having a conversation with Cypher. Now, this is cool. I miss this as a kid. After training and all that. Yeah. Yeah. They get together. Uh, Neo kind of walks up, freaks out Cypher. Whoa. Yeah. He's like, whoa. Yeah. Ooh, that was perfect. That was a perfect whoa. That matched the pitch and tone. <laughs> You're very good at this. Um, I didn't notice this, but he he's working on the computer and then he shuts one of the screen, like some of the screens off rapidly. Right. Mm-hmm. I never caught this as a kid. I noticed that in the last time that we watched this, uh, like, like recently as yeah. an adult. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you catch it as a kid? No, I didn't catch it before, but I definitely noticed it this time. Okay. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. we know Cypher <laughs> spoilers. He betrays the team, right? He's been since the movie started, he had been looking for a way to connect the agents with Morpheus. Yeah. Cause he wants out. He's tired of the real world depression and the stark realization that, 
just life is miserable outside of the matrix. Yeah. He wants to be plugged back in and is trying to make a deal to make that happen. Yeah. He'll sell out his team Mm -hmm. for the chance to be something, somebody famous and important in the matrix. Right. Which if this is your first viewing, you don't really catch it at first because obviously the cold open with uh, Trinity and the cops and all that, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really make sense. But if you're watching this after knowing that Cypher is trying to uh, lead the agents to them, Mm -hmm. He's the reason why the, why the, her call was traced. So he's the reason why she was jumped yep. by the cops in the beginning. And and the even the, the agent, he says, our source confirms that she's here. Right. Yeah, the source is Cypher. Yep. So cool. And you mentioned the, the screens that he turns off. I want to know what he thought he was accomplishing by turning the screens off. Yeah. Because it's all, it's the matrix code, just the green symbols and numbers that are flashing down the screen. Yeah. And the three monitors or however many it, it is that he turns off. This is Neo's like first trip into the matrix. He hasn't even been back into the real thing. It's all just been the training programs. Yeah. He doesn't even know what any of that means. But he's like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> Let me just flip these off yeah. real quick. Oh, no, that, that one just keeps track of my hamster in my other room. It looks like he's all right. Switch him off real quick here. Yeah, that, that is true. But I, I think that's what made it good is that it was so subtle. Mm-hmm. I never caught it. Right. I never realized what it was until as an adult seeing it again, I was like, oh, that son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. He's turning off the hamster monitors. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I forget all of the details of what, what it is they talked about, but he basically like was kind of talking to um, Neo about the woes of realizing where he is now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> Why didn't I take the blue pill? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's bonding with Neo in this weird way, but like secretly like moments ago was conspiring and still is. Right. Yeah, and he says that, you know, it's all code to me. I just see blondes, brunettes, redheads. <laughs> <laughs> Which just says a lot about his character, too. How, right. like, he just doesn't care about some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. It, but it, it really cool. I think Cypher's character, although it made me hate him, finding out that he betrayed the team, mm-hmm. it, it also makes Cypher's character so interesting because it does tell you that how unique we are that some of us, if tomorrow you were given a choice and said, hey, look, like, none of this is real. I think he represents a large amount of people, not not an insignificant amount that would be like, no, I'd rather be in the matrix. Right. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Is what he says to agent Smith. Yeah. And following scene, I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah, in, in the next scene afterwards, when he and Neo split, he plugs himself in and goes to meet with Smith. Yeah. At a fancy steakhouse mm-hmm. and he's eating this delicious piece of steak and he's, I know the steak isn't real. Yeah. I know that the, the program that, that wrote it is designed it to, to be tender and juicy and tasty, but <laughs> what I've come to realize over all the years that I've been out and realized what's really going on, ignorance is bliss. And yeah. it's best if I just don't think about it. <laughs> so he wants back in. He wants to be wants to continue being ignorant and just live out his life in the matrix and not have to realize the harsh reality what is outside in yeah. the real world. <laughs> and the agents, they say they're like, we want the codes to Zion, the mm-hmm. security codes. And he's like, I don't have those. But I can give you the guy who does. Right. Morpheus. And you can kind of tell that he's not fully invested in betraying everyone. Yeah. He wants what he wants, but knowing that he has to turn his back on the people who have been sharing everything with him and and all that, he's very hesitant or at least subtly hesitant. Mm -hmm. Like he, he knows that it's a big consequence and it's really going to wreck things for them. And he very reluctantly says, I can give you the people who are responsible for this, like I'll tell you how to get to them. Yeah. He doesn't want to directly kill or harm anyone. Right. 
which is like that weird, like it's a well-built character. Mm-hmm. One that's like, um, who, who betrayed Jesus? What was it? Judas. Judas. Like Judas straight up, like, like goes in for the kill. Right. But whereas like, I don't know, like other betrayers, I feel like they're like, that's more of like Cypher's thing. It's like, oh, I want I don't want to like directly hurt anyone because I don't want to deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. I just want my own Caesar and Brutus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Et tu Brute. Et tu. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really bummed that Morpheus did mention that at some point. Right. A tu. A tu Cypher. A tu. Okay, that's going to be a con for the Matrix that we did not have any season references. Oh my god. Not even a salad. Not even one salad in this whole freaking movie. <laughs> Um, that scene goes by, goes back to, uh, wow, I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Carter's just mocking me cause I had to pull up the name of this uh, artist here. Uh, they go back to some training and Morpheus is walking Neo through this kind of like a uh, city urban scape crowded sidewalk yeah. area. Yeah. And then, uh, Morpheus is giving some rules of how the universe works mm-hmm. and then boom, a woman in a red dress walks by. Obviously nothing I noticed right away until they mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Neo looks over and he goes, are you listening to me? Or are you, or are look- you looking at the woman in the red dress? Correct. And he goes, well, look again. He turns around and there's an agent in front of him mm-hmm. and Neo thinks they're in the matrix now, but then he's like, freeze it. They're still in another training simulation. <laughs> and this is a cool, it sets the rules of the world. Mm-hmm. He says, if you're not, if you're not one of us, then you are one of them because the agents can move between programs mm-hmm. as in people. Agents can literally take the role of another person just right hijack away. Hijack another user. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And just straight up rock your world. Yep. So that sets, that's cool. It establishes some rules without fully, like without like a, a massively long explanation. Mm-hmm. But there's a piece of, uh, this has to do with Dietz, but uh, Rob Duggan's Club to Death, uh, this very beautifully like assembled, uh, like a weird hip hop orchestral, like this created this weird birth for me. Mm-hmm. I really, I liked orchestral stuff. I was in band nerd, <laughs> but this brought it, it showed me like as a kid, I was like, Oh my God, you could use an orchestra in like a weird, cool, modern hip hop, all this beats. Yeah. And it, I really suggest you go listen to club to death by Rob Duggan, the whole song. Mm-hmm. There's an intricate piano melody. Um, people have used this for the Lincoln commercial. This song actually makes its way around many pop culture things. Oh, nice. Um, so just heads up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they go back The the training's all done. Mm-hmm. There's a breakfast scene where Mouse is one of the characters on the ship. He's actually, he's very eccentric and mm-hmm. he, he touches on the cool things. He goes, cause they're eating gruel, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's cause they don't have like access to real food. They have to, it looks like oatmeal, but it's definitely not oatmeal. More like porridge. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, th- I think it's like a porridge base, mm-hmm. but it, Apoc says it tastes like a snot, <laughs> but Mouse makes this really cool thing. And it made me think about how computers think. He goes, do you know what this reminds me of? Tasty wheat. Tasty wheat. Yeah. He goes, have you ever had tasty? And he's just kind of like this annoying little nerdy character. Uh-huh. And he's sitting next to Neo. Neo's just trying to eat his breakfast and figure <laughs> out the fact that his whole fucking life was a lie. <laughs> and this guy is like just needling him. But in a like, I like you and I want to sh- like, like mouse is eccentric. for you. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what kind of train we're on? Well, do you? <laughs> that's uh that's from our Polar Express episode for frequent listeners. Right. Um, and he says, this is really cool. It made me think, too, because I didn't realize like how computers can't taste. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so for people in the simulation, this is what computers think tasty weed should taste like. Mm-hmm. And he goes, is that why everything tastes like chicken? Because the computers don't really know what chicken tastes like. Maybe that's why everything tastes like chicken. Yep. And it was like, <laughs> again, it was one of those meta things that blew me away. I was like, because oh, I literally after, I don't know, I'd say about 14 hours after seeing the Matrix for the first time, I thought my whole life was a lie. I literally, I was like... <laughs> 
oh my god like all these people they're just simulations oh yeah some of you are real some of you aren't and i was like we need to wake up from the matrix like i literally was ready to you know i mean unjack somehow unplug yeah yeah but i just didn't know how right <laughs> Uh, yeah, this movie really screwed me up, Carter. Oh, I'm a broken man now in my 30s because of The Matrix. From 1999 was a year my life changed. Oh, man. Um, so they now they finally go in. They genuinely go in The Matrix. It's time to to meet her. Uh, this is where they meet the Oracle. The Oracle, yes. Yeah, the big trip. And this scene is important because Cypher drops the phone into a trash can as they get into the car. And by the way, car people, that's a Lincoln Continental. The same car... Uh, that, that's a Lincoln Continental. That's a that's a Continental. What did they do with the doors? Uh, they're suicide doors. Do all Lincoln Continentals have that? Those that's a original. Like uh, Kennedy was assassinated in a Lincoln Continental convertible. Right. Yeah, that same generation. Okay, I just didn't realize that that the suicide doors on that were that prominent. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, that was because usually suicide doors are like there's the full size doors, and the suicide doors are like half the size. Yeah, that's and, a full size suicide door. Right. Yeah, and that was one of the first times they did a pillarless design, mm-hmm. where it was like there's the the doors support each other in the pillar, but really when you open it up, it's just like open. Right. Uh, well, it's not pillarless; it's got a really thin pillar. But that was like one of the, and there's a that's a reason why people don't do suicide doors anymore because the side <laughs> impact is so dangerous. Yeah. That, that literally you just turn into like you know structurally uh, it is not a good idea. <laughs> anybody who is remotely close to the middle of that pillar becomes an ego waffle in a, in a collision. <laughs> Which the, the National Highway Association says is highly unsafe. I don't trust them. They weren't thinking about it when they designed it, but nowadays, suicide doors, very not safety conscious. I, they earned their name. I generally would say that it's okay, but usually, like, um, T-bones are not the person that's a part of the T-portion's fault. So Right. Generally. Yeah, g- generally. <laughs> unless, unless you're driving a Continental Mill Street just to get Eggo waffled. Right. <laughs> This episode was not brought to you by Eggo Waffles, by the way. Sorry, or Kellogg. Or Lincoln Continental. I think Kellogg makes Eggo Waffles, right? Ke- Kellogg works on strike right now. Uh, yeah, we probably shouldn't talk about that. Oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> a hot button in the news right now. <laughs> I'm pro-union, by the way. So <laughs> go, go Kellogg strikers. <laughs> uh, I speak for myself only, not for my co-host, Carter Bingham. And I'm just not going to touch that. Yeah. With a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Sorry, I I always manage to destroy our episodes by bringing the 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 rest of the society in. No, it's okay. It's it's good to be socially conscious of current events and I'm stuff. Way too conscious. The shit sticks on my mind. Yeah. Um. Bu- 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 they go see the Oracle for right. the first time mm-hmm. after Cipher dropped a ringing phone into a trash can. Yes, and Continental. They got out of a get it get in and out. The Lincoln Continental is a very iconic car, and it's really cool that they used it. Right. But they didn't give you a full view of the car at any. Like they don't make the car the focus, mm-hmm. which is what I liked about this movie is that they give you the the different angles and shot. You mm-hmm. see the back of it from under the bridge raining. Uh, they get in and out of the cars, the extraction, of the bug. But anyways, really cool stuff. Right. Uh, they go see the Oracle and the Oracle's character is really cool. Like she's supposed to be this all knowing, all powerful being, mm-hmm. which we get. I'll talk more about her in the second and third movie. Mm-hmm. Neo all this time has been led to believe that he is the one. And when he meets the Oracle, she says, oh, you, you got the skills, but you're just, you're waiting for something. I'm sorry to cut it to you, kid, but you're, you're not, you're not the one. And Neo is like relieved and upset and shocked, like all these things, mm-hmm. which I got to give it to Keanu Reeves. I love him because he can only play one reaction 
but confused. He, yeah. <laughs> he's just confused or ready for a fight, but he's just kind of like floating in between. But yet he uses that to his strength. Right. So, uh, yeah, they go to the Oracle. Neo doesn't get the news he's really looking for. It's kind of a, in, in my opinion, just his reaction and the news that he gets, it's kind of a, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, obviously, he, there's, if he is the one, then all these things that Morpheus is saying is true and he's got huge responsibilities coming up. And if he's not, then there's all this disappointment surrounding it. And yeah. well, then if, if I'm not the one, what's my real purpose and, and all that thing, all that stuff. So regardless of the answer he would have received, it would have been all kinds of problems. Yeah. And just led to a lot of questioning and self doubt and, yeah, maybe I'm reading too far into it, but it just no, you're nailing it. Yeah, it's just really interesting. Like, obviously, his reaction is confused and and upset, but I think it would have been that way either way. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be real. Like, Keanu Reeves is acting like range is not not very wide per se. He plays pretty much the same character. Yeah. In, in most of his movies, there's some range, but it's not very broad. But this one maximizes what's like what range he has into Mm -hmm. such a, like a potent package of a man kind of really, like you said, keyword confused about what's going on and what's unfolding in front of him. Whoa. (laughs) Ergo. (laughs) Um, The the Oracle scene was so cool because his interaction with uh, the actress. It is Gloria Foster. Gloria Foster Mm -hmm. is the Oracle. And this is actually one of her last roles because she passed away after this. Right. We'll talk about in Matrix too, mm-hmm. but um, when he's meeting the Oracle before he's in the room, and that's where you meet the little young boy. Mm-hmm. And I love that it's a it's not a little Asian boy; it's like a little like white kid. Oh, British! He's a little British kid, mm-hmm. and then he's all shaven up, and he's dressed like a monk. Looks like the Avatar. Yeah, oh, you, <laughs> he was a few dots away from being an Avatar, right? Just without the blue tattoos. Ang. <laughs> that's what Thomas, that's what Neo should have said. Right. Uh, so that's where we get the iconic spoon scene mm-hmm. where, you know, like I, and I love it cause that is a very Buddhism thing. It's like the problems that you're facing. Sometimes it's not, it's not the problems that are the problem. It's you're the problem. Like mm-hmm. you, you manifest a lot of the problems that you're facing. Don't try to bend the spoon because yep. that's impossible. It's only you that bends. instead you must realize the truth. What's the truth? There is no spoon. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> which is also a key phrase that has made its the rounds. Right. Um, those kids that are in the room, they're all um, interviewing with the Oracle per se to mm-hmm. see if they are the one. Right. So now we have this like in the background of all this is the big prophecy that Morpheus and everyone. Some people don't believe fully, but mm-hmm. Morpheus is a, a, a literal firm, diehard. Firm believer. <laughs> firm believer. <laughs> in the prophecy that there is going to be a one, a man who can bend everything in the matrix and who will help un- unleash uh, the massive awakening, pretty much. He, he will be the one to help free everybody from the Matrix. Right. And we will forever be rid of this this horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morpheus fully believes it. He fully believes that Neo is the one. Neo doesn't really get the response that he thought he was going to get. Right. And it's really interesting seeing the Oracle's character, just like the idea of somebody, regardless of who she is or her origins. Like mm-hmm. I think she's meant to be a, a program, like a, a rogue program that's yeah. siding with the humans essentially and kind of telling them what's going on and what's going to happen and all these prophecies and stuff. Yeah. It's really interesting whenever you start thinking about prophecy and predetermination or predestination, things like that. Like the whole ideology that there's somebody who knows the future mm. and is trying to share it with you. Yeah. 
And I really liked her line that really kind of helped solidify that. She, uh, Neo walks in and, and introduces himself and she says, don't worry about the vase. And oh, he says, and he what it. vase? And he spins around and knocks it off, knocks this vase of flowers <laughs> off of her little table. And it crashes on the floor into a bunch of pieces. And she said, I said, don't worry about it. But what's really going to bake your noodle later is would you have still broken it if I hadn't said anything? <laughs> So really, that's another big thing, too, is she is talking to him and telling him, yeah, I'm sorry, kid, you're not the one. But really, though, like, what's really going on here? Because you when you start to tell somebody something that's here's your definite future, Uh here's what you're really supposed to do. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. But if I didn't tell you any of that, would you still believe it? Yeah. Or would it actually come true? Isn't that like such a, a weird, like a, 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 like a weird trap right there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How prophecies work. Right. And, and I love that you mentioned that. I was going to mention that, but I love that you took that one because it's so, it's so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what like the, the beauty of the movie is that like it explores those concepts and it takes religion. It takes everything into it. Right. Like how interesting is it to know that are you going to live out if you were told you're meant to be this and that mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe you'll follow, but what if you didn't? And then like, what about freedom and free will? Do right. you actually have a choice in any of the things that matter? Well, and that's interesting too, because then the very next thing that she tells him is Morpheus believes that you're the one and he's willing to die for it. So much so that there's something that's going to happen soon and yeah. you're going to have to make a choice. Either he dies or you die. Oof. Like he's going to get himself in this scenario and you're going to have to, you're going to have a choice. You can either fix it and try to fix it and, yeah. and resolve the situation. But whatever your choice is, somebody is going to have to pay for it and there's going to be consequences. <sighs> but you get to make that choice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thanks for making me feel better. Right. Which she doesn't. And then she gives him, I love this, gives him a cookie. <laughs> and she says, don't worry about it all. Have this cookie. I promise you, once you're done with that cookie, you'll feel right as rain. It's like, what the f- is your problem? Like, like how do you... You can't tell me this shit and tell me it's going to be fine. Right. I'm freaking out right now. Yeah, that's a that's a big bomb to drop on somebody. And as a child, seeing this for the first time, I was so let down. I was so broken hearted. I was like, but he is the one. Eh. You know, as an audience <laughs> member, I'm like, I'm like, I'm torn too. And yeah. maybe it's just because I was young, but it was like, it just emotionally, I was like, but you're supposed to be the one. Oh no. Why am I enjoying this movie? But yet sad. Neo's life was a lie. And now my <laughs> life is a lie. Nothing's real. Am I even special? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, so they leave the Oracle and this is where the massive betrayal happens, right? The agents track everybody down. Mm-hmm. This massive assault happens. Agent Smith shows up. There's some like, I- the iconic fight scene, the bathroom fight scene with Morpheus versus uh, Agent Smith. Yeah. Busts out of the wall and tackles him. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And and right there, she nailed it. The Oracle's like, hey, Morpheus is giving his life to protect Neo, to mm-hmm. get him to escape the Matrix. Yeah. After he jumps on Smith, that he literally says, Trinity, get Neo out of here. He's the only one that matters. Yep. Oh, crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're like inside the walls of this house, like this mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also a glitch in the matrix. The cat walks through. Deja vu. Yeah. <laughs> like really, really just crazy, cool stuff. I won't go into all of it. I think when you watch the movie, you just kind of, if you haven't seen it, I don't know who hasn't, but you're, you'll just go, whoa. Mm-hmm. And this is a movie from 1999 people. It holds up. Yeah. I mean, I was, I've got more things to say on that, but even though it's also a product of its time yeah, being, 22 years old now yeah 
the animation, the film style, everything, it all holds up. It has aged very well. It's like I'm still engaged watching it, knowing full well what happens next. Absolutely. Um, they break through the wall. Morpheus gets ca- captured. Uh, Neo and Trinity get out. Mouse dies. And uh, Apoc and Switch die too. No, not yet. Not, oh, that's later. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They do, but not yet. <laughs> I actually haven't seen this movie. I just literally am making it up from just, I'm, I'm reviewing this movie from other people's reviews. Right. Mouse <laughs> is the only one that gets killed by the, the SWAT team and the agents and all that. He goes down like they Scarface take, style too. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to take them down, but they get him. They I'm, take Morpheus out and Cypher yeah. gets separated and escapes and Tank takes him, gets him out of the, out of the matrix. And then that's when Trinity, Neo, Apoc and Switch, they all go to another exit location. Yeah. They, they go on the run because mm-hmm. they can't escape out of the mansion anymore. Right. They have to find a new way to escape. And then this is where we find the, in the real world, Cypher is eliminating members of the team. Right. Which it's interesting. I, I mentioned before when he was talking to Neo and, and then goes in and meets with Smith, it kind of seemed like he was hesitant to betray the people that he was with. Yeah. But it's like something changed where he realized, okay, well now things have gone poorly mm-hmm. and I can't get out and have my resolve that I want without them surviving. Yeah. So, so he just goes on a killing spree. <laughs> it's like, nope, you guys are done. I, I, I want my happy ending and you guys are in my way. It too, Cypher. It too. <laughs> yeah. So he attacks Tank and Dozer um, operating in back in the, the hovercraft. Yeah. Um, Tank dies, unfortunately. Yes. And Dozer does too. But Dozer survives just long enough. No, it's Dozer that dies. Dozer's, Dozer's the big one. Uh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> correction Dozer yeah. dies we are it's it's implied that Tank gets gets killed but he comes back yeah but yeah he he tries to kill them and then one at a time he's on the phone with Trinity mm-hmm. and pulling out the um the plugs the plugs yeah while the uh, while Cipher and or not Cipher Cipher's the one pulling the plugs while Apoc and Switch are still connected to the Matrix which is. It's like unplugging your computer. Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. But there's no reboot. You just full shut down and then yep. like control alt delete. Right. So, Which is so tragic because it really, uh, like you said, like Cypher, that switch turns on. Mm-hmm. He is straight up like, like just like a psychopath. Yeah. He's angry and he's telling Trinity, you know, I, I liked you and you never liked me back. And yeah. Well, <laughs> boo hoo. Right. Fragile uh, masculinity. Yeah, really. But yeah, he pulls the plug on APOC and switch one at a time and he has this whole huge villain monologue <laughs> as, as it would be. Uh-huh. I think if you're going to commit some serious crime, you got to have a monologue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're a shitty, shitty psychopath. If you don't have a monologue reeled up. Yep. You yeah. have to have one prepared and you have to unleash it on a moment. woman you have a hard on for. You can't just <laughs> unleash it on a random person. Like maybe the hero of your story, if you're going to play the villain, but you got to find a, a unsuspecting woman who you've had a crush on forever. It would have been different if he had been talking to Neo. For sure. <laughs> I've lusted after you for all this time. Unplug. What? <laughs> Excuse me? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well done. Could have done better myself. The only two people that are funny in the show is me and you, and it's only because uh, we think we're funny. Right. Yes. No, nobody else. Nobody else. Yeah. They're like, God, with the stupid soundboard. <laughs> uh, so massive betrayal. Yep. Uh, where Apoc Cypher dies. Like you said, they got unplugged manually right. by Cypher. And then, boom, Tank 
survives the attack mm-hmm. and then blasts him with the same uh, electric gun. Yeah, it's I don't know what it's called or or what it is. It's some sort of weapon, but it like shoots lightning essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should have called it the uh, Mew Mew. <laughs> That's a that's a Thor reference for you, <laughs> non Marvel fans. The gun should have been called Mew Mew. Mew Mew. <laughs> but essentially, you're right. It shoots lightning and then wipes uh, Cipher away. Right. Tank gets back on and then uh, releases, pulls, allows the phone to ring. Pulls out Trinity and and uh, Neo. Yeah. Yep. And so now we're down to Trinity, Neo, Tank, and Morpheus, who's in who's captured. still in. Yeah. <clears throat> and then so they plot this massive uh, rescue plan. Well, before that, they are talking about options and mm. rescue is an option, but they're talking about it's it's going to make more sense to unplug him. Oh, yeah. To unplug Morpheus. Right. And, and they're about him. to have this funeral service for him <laughs> when Neo realizes, hey, wait, the I'm Oracle a- told me I would have a choice. <laughs> and I'm not the one. So what's the big deal? Yeah. So if I, yeah, I I can go down guns blazing and rescue Morpheus so he can keep searching. Mm -hmm. He seems to have a lot more of a clue of what's going on than I fucking do. Like (laughs) I just unplugged two days ago. Like I just grew eyebrows. I don't really got much to give to this team. (laughs) I just got my eyebrows. (laughs) And you know what? I don't even really like him. I think I look better without him. So uh, that's it. That was the main decision. Neo said, I don't really care too much for these new eyebrows. I was willing to go down fighting. Let's go get Morpheus. <laughs> uh, cool, iconic scene. They jack into the Matrix, mm-hmm. and they're staying in this white room. I love this. It's like, mm, you know... The, what, do you, um, what do they call it? The loading terminal or something like that? Yeah. This yeah. is where we get all equipment in our training. Mm-hmm. He's like, we need guns. Lots of guns. <laughs> Just rows, miles long of guns. Yeah. <laughs> Which, in 1999, it was so cool to see, because, like, you know, you're a young man. You're watching this movie. You're like, he's the epic hero. He's going to gear up and, like, you know, screw some shit up for the bad guys. Right. Now, 2021, I'm like, after like school shootings and obviously the Columbine shooters were like inspired by, you know, dressed up with the trench coats and stuff of the Matrix. I, that's the part that no fault of the movie, but just, it's kind of like, I'm not so, and I, I'm a, I'm a guy that believes that everyone, you know, every conscious sane mind should have access, you know, if you want to have a gun, you can, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not anti gun, but I, I am like, Hey, we should maybe reconsider the fact that school shootings are a thing. And as we record this, something happened in Michigan. Look it up. But, you know, it's like it's so uncomfortable at the same time. Right. Right. Reviewing this in 21. But anyways, really cool scene. Still love it. (laughs) Just a little different as an adult. Right. Yeah. Uh, Him and Trinity gear up. They have a bomb. Uh, And I guess in our perspective, this is the hero doing his thing. But like, say, if you're, you know, hanging out in a corporate office building and a guy comes in like that that's terrorism this is neo straight up commits terrorism oh at yeah this point. domestic terrorism yeah <laughs> he's got a freaking bomb a bomb in a duffel bag and guns strapped to him all over the place yeah and running yeah and which is again makes an iconic scene he comes through walks through a metal detector they're back in the matrix by the way they're going to the building that morpheus is it's some kind of government level building yeah and the first floor is uh, metal detectors mm-hmm. neo walks through and obviously the alarms go off well, this is really impacts the what a badass he is. Could you take off any metallic items for me? <laughs> Unfurls his uh, trench coat and they say <laughs> just guns. And the guy goes, holy sh! <laughs> Slow motion, uh, like palm, like a uh, like one handed palm punch. Uh-huh. 
knocks the guy out, and then we have this massive. I mean, people recreate this too. Mm-hmm. Um, running on the walls, slow motion. Uh, they, they even invented the technology to do this, and then they named it, and it's called Bullet Time. Yeah, and that's been in video games. Max Payne. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is coming from this movie. Very iconic scene. Yeah, like, and it's still cool to this day. He's mm-hmm. running on the ceiling, shooting. Trinity is like barrel flipping through. Mm-hmm. I can't even describe how epic the scene is for you. It's just cool. Um, they obviously eliminate everybody in there who are actual human beings. Now that like looking back, it's like, ugh, you shrink a little bit in your seat. Right. <laughs> Those batteries just got disconnected. <laughs> Somebody gunned down the Duracell bunny factory. Oh boy. <laughs> they get in the elevator, set off the bomb, and then they go up to the next floor mm. and, uh, they, well, no, they go to the roof. Yeah. Yeah iconic scene dodge this mm-hmm. one of the agents this is the first time neo dodges bullets mm-hmm. uh, well one, a few of them trimmed his thigh right but he was able to not <laughs> not catch a bullet with his body at right. least right <laughs> dodged most of them yeah and then trinity offs an agent which apparently this is probably the first time that's ever happened right because morpheus earlier in the movie says uh no one's whoever stood up against an agent has survived right so we witnessed the first agent killing mm-hmm be nice to your government employees, guys. Just just a <laughs> disclaimer there. Right. Uh, they acquire the helicopter. Again, another massively cool scene. They float down, and then he just mini guns through, which, yes, he's the one in this shit. Yeah, spoiler, he's the one. <laughs> but I got to tell you, that is such a bad rescue plan to unleash a minigun into a room where like the person you're trying to save is dead in the middle. Yeah. That is really shitty planning. Not really too smart there. <laughs> yeah. Like the the chances of things going wrong was super high, Neo. <laughs> like I know you don't mean anything, but this whole rescue plan, mm-hmm. pure Hollywood epicness, the even the explosion with the helicopter crashes and like the the glass ripples, mm-hmm. all epic to this day. Oh yeah. But shit plan. Yes. Uh, I agree. <laughs> Morpheus comes to, he's also breaking through the mental barriers of the drugs that he was given by Agent Smith because they're interrogating him. Right. Trying to get him to give up the codes yeah to get to zion there was a cool scene when he's interrogating him and he says humans are a virus and now seeing what we've done in the environment i'm kind of like mm, i kind of see agent smith's thing which goes back to thanos i kind of get what he's saying <laughs> <laughs> i'm not condoning the actions just just hearing him out mm-hmm. just the way that smith talks is really kind of mesmerizing like oh, like you yeah. mentioned earlier they're really dry monotone yeah like obviously he's a computer program yeah but he's obviously starting to kind of become this divergent version of whatever this computer program was supposed to be. Yeah. Cause he's, he talks to Morpheus while Morpheus is essentially out of it Mm -hmm. saying things like he wants out and he can't get out unless he destroys Zion. And, um, he's finding like a a new purpose than just to like be a security guard in the matrix. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wants he wants something different. He wants a change, um, and I've I've discovered a connection with what humanity is. <laughs> You're a virus, a disease, <laughs> spreading from one group of resources to the next. Just it's really strange, not just strange, but just mesmerizing. Just the way that he speaks. Yeah. Um, but also really cool. Just. Like him saying things like, you guys are a cancer. <laughs> and, and you're right. Like that, that, that cadence that he has. Hugo Weaving's performance as Agent Smith holds so much like in the history of cinema now mm-hmm. that like you, you definitely see like, because you think about it, it makes sense. 
It's a machine expressing itself and it's not going to express itself like we who are full of emotions. Right. It's ones and zeros to it. So this cadence of like up, down, up, down, like it's, uh, it sells the role, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yeah, he's, did, did I, uh, did you have more to that? No, that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hugo Weaving is a master of his craft. Yes. Um, indeed. they rescue Morpheus. <laughs> Epic. Morpheus has to jump out of the building. This is like pure, like Michael Bay, I think cried a little bit when the scene happened. Cause he's just mad that he didn't get to do it first. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so they they rescue Morpheus. They got to get him to uh, like a phone to jack out, right? And then this this leads to the epic uh, finale of Neo, like kind of distracting them and running off another direction. Mm-hmm. And the hallway scene, right? Neo is running through mm-hmm. the hallway. Agent Smith corners him. They come through, and then Agent Smith uh, shoots at Neo. Neo takes the bullets and then essentially dies. Trinity kisses him in the real world and she's like i was told that i'd fall in love with the one and uh, you can't die on me she kisses him and it brings him back to life Mm -hmm. and if you understand what the oracle was saying it's like uh you're not ready to be the one you're waiting on something right that was what she meant no you're not you're the one but not yet (laughs) (laughs) somebody's got a black but you know i I, it's such a nice way of putting it because she already shocked the shit out of him with the whole morpheus getting captured thing right could you imagine they're like also if you stand in the way of a 50 caliber handgun about four (laughs) rounds going into your chest that's the only way you're going to be the one right i would definitely sheep away from that situation i don't know most people don't come back from that (laughs) tough sell oracle (laughs) tough sell uh so neo gets gunned down comes back to life and then realizes um it's so cool the way he like he gets back up and then he pushes the bullets out of himself and he flexes and the ripples in the room mm-hmm. it, it just the cg is so good that it, it holds like you said holds this day mm-hmm. agent smith is like whoa shit they pull out their guns and just start shooting yeah and then he stops them mm-hmm. he stops the bullets and that reludes back to an old scene with him and morpheus in the beginning what are you telling me that I can dodge bullets. <laughs> I'm saying, Neo, when you're ready, you won't have to. Oh, so cool. <laughs> and he stops all the bullets with his hands. Uh, I think I literally almost cried because I was like, <laughs> oh, like this is such an amazing movie. He is the one. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> Just like adolescent, like hormonal teenage boy. Was I a teenage boy? I, I, I was, oh, you were six? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm just a couple of years ahead of you. You saw it when it came out? Well, okay. no, I think I saw it like, like six months after it came out because okay. we didn't go to the theater. I yeah. just rented it. Yeah. I didn't see it until I was probably 12 or 13, I think. Okay. So I was much later, but. But yeah, I, I saw it within the summer of it, like releasing, I didn't go to the theaters, but I definitely saw it on, uh, I rented it. Sure. Hastings on division, oh. which is now Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Hastings has gone under. <laughs> what a, what a shame. <laughs> Although I like, like a, uh, like a vulture. I, I definitely, when they were doing their like a uh, close out, like I was like hawking through there, like, <laughs> ah, collectibles. <laughs> Give me the deals. Half off. Yep. <laughs> Screw your company. I'm getting this collectible figure for nothing. <laughs> I don't care about your dental and health benefits, employees. Oh, oh man. Yeah, I feel like a total like asshole vulture now. But mm. whatever. <laughs> the past is the past. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Neo's the one. He he runs towards Agent Smith, dives into him. First time I've ever seen this in a movie where like the way to kill the bad guys is to just dive into them. Mm. 
absorbs him and then blows him to a million pieces. Mm -hmm. So one hand hero act, other hand, potential terrorist act. I don't know. You decide (laughs) explodes him from the inside. out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird because we never saw anything like that in Disney's inside out. I don't know why. That would have been a great thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess it would have been a PG 13 if inside out didn't have somebody blowing up from the inside out. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> that would have changed the tone of the movie real quick. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. You can't give children that. Um, and then the, the movie essentially ends Neo can escape and then it cuts to uh, the, the final scene, which is really cool. It's like a, it's again, the, the DOS screen and then it's Neo's voice talking and he's talking to the matrix. He's talking to the robot system. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go and rescue people. And what happens next? I leave up to you. Mm -hmm. And then he flies, he freaking flies people. He hangs (laughs) up the phone, puts on his badass sunglasses and flies out of there, Mm -hmm. which it's like, Oh, all the rules break credits roll. Boom. Greatest movie in the world. Greatest ever movie ever made hands down. (laughs) (laughs) No, just kidding. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I love this movie. It's the best. Uh, Don Davis is the composer. That's somebody that you, uh, that's right up your alley. Yes. Um, So some blunders for the past couple of episodes, we've realized that um, the juicy deets and fresh beats needed to be split up a little bit going through the film and the details and like that. Mm -hmm. We will be including new um, category category titles. Yes. But for the sake of today's recording, See, that's, that's what happens Juicy deets right. and fresh beats. There we go. So now we're into talking about the beats. Oh, yeah. So, yes, Don Davis. Is the composer. Yes. Um, did you have any about Don Davis? Because I wanted to share something. No, go ahead. Uh, the, the main theme, the bum, 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 like the, the call and answer of the horns, one of the most iconic sounds of the Matrix, Don Davis, when he was composing it, he said he wanted the call and response in the, to be different notes. They represent ones and zeros. Oh. The bum, 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 and like the, just the fading in and all the sound work. That was a critical thing. And in the later on the sequels, each Matrix movie, the, the keys changed. Mm. So if you listen to the intros of first Matrix, second Matrix, third one, the keys change. So I'm excited to see what the uh, Resurrections is going to do in the intro yeah. sounds. Okay. But it represents zeros and ones. The call and answer. Does Don Davis do the music for all three? He does the music for all three. Okay. He was on track. Did he, it sounds like you've done a little bit more homework than I have. <laughs> um, did he do other notable projects? Uh, I didn't do that homework. <laughs> Jeez, Carter. I only wanted like two hours to just talk about how much I love the matrix. I didn't really care about the rest. Don who? Don Davis. Uh. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> so funny. Oh, he did the Animatrix. Okay. <laughs> he pretty much did Matrix. Within Universe. <laughs> uh, he did House on Haunted Hill from 1999. Okay. He did Jurassic Park 3. Oh. So, Jurassic Park, Behind Enemy Lines. Okay. <laughs> Owen Wilson. What a classic. <laughs> <laughs> he did Universal Soldier, which I kind of liked. Okay. It fit with the whole like toxic masculinity thing I was into. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, those action movies where, like, the hero is just, like, so buff and cool and guns people down. Right. Like, you know, Rambo's cool right up until I realized he was, like, gunning down Vietnamese villagers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, it's kind of like my first introduction to Don Davis, to be honest. Okay. And he did some movies here and there that I haven't seen all of them. Mm-hmm. But he's very, 
I wouldn't say Don Davis is in the same uh, wheelhouse as um, Dune's composer. Mm, uh, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Like Han, I feel like Hans Zimmer is a bigger, like not, not to track on Don Davis's talent, Yeah, but like Hans Zimmer is like a major like composer. Whereas, Very well known. Yes. Whereas Don Davis was like, I was first introduced to Don Davis in the matrix. Mm. Um, and he's, he's done incredible work, but literally the keynotes of the matrix I owe to Don Davis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a hard time saying this because I'm biased. I bought the matrix soundtrack because I love the movie. Uh And then by listening to the soundtrack, like on like repeat forever, I then notice all the music in the movie. Right. So all the movie, like uh, uh, Rob zombie, obviously the Rob zombie scene was cool, Mm -hmm. but the club to death by Rob Duggan is just so good on all levels, Uh, a musical masterpiece personally. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's really all I got. The, I mean the, the sound design was incredible. I, what the explosions, the ripple effects, yeah, the dodging, the bullets, the the gunfire, and then everything slowing down, mm-hmm. like the the sound effects for that, like that inspired bullet time for everything else. Right, and I would say sound effects actually made the movie more than the soundtrack did. Mm, yeah, like obviously some of the songs that they chose, the established songs, not the score, were really good. Yeah, um, but yeah, the score itself, not super. It's just like kind of like in the intro, right? And then like certain, it, it's it's more subtle. Yeah, you mentioned the ones and zeros thing. Like that was that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, just the standard, the the remaining score throughout the movie, not super, um, like standy outy prevalent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Standy outy. Yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a professional term now. Standy outy. <laughs> standy outy. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting for the crickets or the sad trombone, <laughs> but the rim shots get too standy out. Chirp, chirp, chirp. <laughs> uh, you got anything else for audio? Audio? No. Yeah, I think I think just the big credits is Don Davis and obviously all the musicians that gave their music to the movie. Right, and good good score, good soundtrack, but not super standy outy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> standy outy. It's a professional term now. It is visuals i'll let you go first okay so this movie is really mind-blowing visually just because of the ideas and the themes involved yeah like it was made in 1999 it's a product product of its time obviously yeah for many different reasons and we've already said the special effects and the cinematography really hold up and they have aged well. Yeah. I think that is a real credit to the way that it was filmed, the budget. I mean, we talked about Jumanji earlier mm-hmm. and that was only made four years prior, but the CG is significantly different. Yeah. Like the robots in the sentinels yeah the, the sentinels yeah those are very smooth they're really well animated yeah. and it's obvious that they are animated like there's there would be very little practical effects going into the into those yeah <clears throat> they, they used a few practical effects but only in like when the ship's being attacked yeah where like the the tentacles are coming in mm-hmm. some of those were practical but that's it like it wasn't like they actually did build full models right but if you see them flying around that's definitely cg yeah, them flying around and the hovercraft flying through like mm. the underground tunnels and things like that. All yeah. of that's animated. And I think and this is this doesn't take away from the experience, but I think it was easier to make it more ve- believable and more realistic because of how dark it was. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz when you're looking at dark things, it's easier to hide flaws. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at 
the surface world. Yeah. It's dark when you're in the tunnels underground. It's dark. The Work only, to its favor. The only light is coming from the hovercraft repulsors or whatever they are. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, there's so much darkness in the real world yeah. that that worked to their favor for animating everything. Yeah. And it really does make it feel more realistic and it's dark and gritty and just visually stunning. Mm. I didn't, I can't find any flaws there. Yeah. Like very, very well done holds up very well. It, it really has aged well. I 100% with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see these scenes in my mind when I'm writing about certain things or I'm working on things and I'm like, Oh, what's that scene kind of like? It's like the matrix just appears in my mind. And, and it's like the way they use light, mm-hmm. like the way the claw came down and picked up Neo. It's like, there's only three sources of light. He comes in, then the, the, the doors close and then the light shut off. Like there's all these, the use of glass and reflections, mm-hmm. like a, as like a metaphor and as like a, a way into the world, into storytell. Mm-hmm. Like, they heavily invested the Wachowskis definitely made sure that it's like every single scene is done well and to the best that they could at the time with the crew and the equipment. Right. One of the biggest, uh, some of the biggest inspirations for this, for this movie, um, ghost in the shell mm-hmm. blade runner, Akira, like the Wachowskis are like huge anime. And obviously the animatrix later was like a big thing for them. Yeah. Cause when they, they did the animatrix are different animators that like inspired them too to make the original matrix or mm-hmm. this matrix, I guess. <laughs> but like you can see the influences of manga and anime in the the fight scenes, the style, the choreography. The They're, kung fu. Yeah, the kung fu. <laughs> I know kung fu. <laughs> Show me. <laughs> um, John Woo films, um, epic films were like uh, I f- forgot what's what famous one. It's got what's his name in it. What's his name? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing a sound clip on my dumbass? oh my god every time we have to pause to look something up yeah (laughs) john woo always does uh white doves in 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 his movies oh okay it's like asian cinema and it's it's definitely obviously the wachowskis have a lot of asian cinema influences yeah uh chow young fat chow young fat like chow young fat and the john woo movies of the Matrix was not the first to do slow mo, but Chow Young Fat's scenes of like jumping through like office places and shooting in slow mo, mm-hmm. those are John Woo style signature films. White pigeons, he always has white pigeons flying above the characters and right. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wachowskis were inspired by that, which then they bring into their 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 own uh, taste in the film, which I feel like the Wachowskis did a much more modern take on it. Yeah, but like all these these visual elements, the the Sentinels, all that stuff. I mean, just perfect. I I can't even fault it today. Like, there's nothing that I'm like, well, that looks crappy. I don't like that. None of that in this film. <laughs> well, and just to add to that, like all of the visuals really supported the story. Mm. Like there wasn't anything that visually didn't make sense or didn't line up. Yeah. And especially like when Morpheus was kind of explaining the whole origins of the matrix and how it happened, just that simulation scene where they're talking about changing the people into a battery, you know, mm-hmm. everything just lined up and there wasn't any question of, well, that didn't make sense. How does that, how do you explain that? And the visuals just really helped support everything yeah. about the movie. There was no throwaway visual either. There wasn't like, like there was so much hidden visuals mm. like ciphers, like, like turning off the monitors. <clears throat> you wouldn't, I didn't catch that as a kid, right. but now it's like, Oh my gosh, like genius, he's right? And sneaky. That makes sense. Oh, he's a bad guy. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think I, I haven't named this thing yet, but 
I feel like the the proper dad rating, which I feel like you invented unintentionally, is you told me in a few episodes back, you said you like it when movies don't just have uh, language and sex and nudity for just the sake of it. Yeah. And this movie, I feel like really hits that home. Like nobody just cusses to cuss constantly. Right. There's no unnecessary sex scene. There, there's like some intimate kissing with Neo and Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not over the top. It's yeah. not outrageous. It's not for no reason. Yeah. Everything is done for a reason. Everything has an explanation. There's, yeah, j- yeah, like you mentioned, that's something that is, I don't know if saying it's important to me is the right way to explain it, but yeah. I really enjoy seeing movies that don't just flippantly add that stuff for no reason. Yeah. Just like, obviously when somebody's really frustrated about something or, you know, their people are dying around them mm-hmm. as their seemingly friend and partner is betraying them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to let out a few choice words. <laughs> that makes sense. But you know, that, that fits. It's just not Cypher sitting, looking at the monitors and being like, F this, F that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> kiss my, this kiss my, that. <laughs> yeah. The most, I mean, he's not, not really what I would call a super toxic character. Yeah. But the most that we see of his negative traits are, I, all I see is blonde, brunette, redhead. Yeah. (laughs) Just a mild like flavor of who he is. Yeah. And that was tastefully done. You should, you should coin that Carter. There, there needs to be a specific seal of approval. (laughs) <laughs> we need on online like you know like we have ratings yeah but like it's not it's not like pg-13 like you could throw it on any movie you want nc-17 rated r sure but it's like carter's like proper etiquette like <laughs> like like the polite citizen's seal of approval like where you can you can curse yeah it's there's no rule against cursing but you have to have a good reason for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think you should call it the carter dad stamp i think that's what it is like i'm just gonna paste it on and be like it's carter approved okay like yeah. besides all our like stupid scoring and everything in the show we'll have to brainstorm on that that'd be really funny i think that's great i and, and i think it's so funny to me but it's also very important because i really cherish that like that's such an incredible addition because i i completely agree it's like why curse for no reason mm-hmm. like you get somebody like there should be something going on right and there needs to be a reason why you have a sex scene like you know <clears throat> eternals <clears throat> Like there's you can't you can't just throw in a sex scene just to be like oh we're mature mm-hmm. you know it's ridiculous which this has none yeah which that's actually something that can will be challenged in the next few Matrix reviews <laughs> uh, yeah sad trombone sad trombone <laughs> oh chirps okay okay yeah I got nothing else for yeah we'll get to that later <laughs> <laughs> should we uh, go into our I think we just have final category yes it that's yes scoring. we do yes we do. Scoring. Mm. Mm. It's pretty obvious. This movie's a 10. I, I, you know, I was going to give it a nine because I was like, uh, I don't know if it's for everybody, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not so violent that it's bad. It's not so full of sex. It's not, it's like, it doesn't really have any terrible. Like, I feel like a, a very intelligent young kid can have a, an appreciation for this. Um, it's an art piece. It, it, it so masterfully does everything and it juggles really big, heavy concepts. This movie gave me, um, after I saw it and then like reading and kind of getting into the universe of it, it brought a huge appreciation to Christianity for me. Like before, before Christianity wasn't like, like not important. It was just like, Hey, I'm a Buddhist. And like, I had people that wanted to convert me all the time. And I was like, I mean, that's cool, but I'm not interested. Um, but this gave me a, a true appreciation for, 
for religious history, not just Buddhism, but Christianity and Islam and like how the world sees things and how we portray the one. Cause obviously Neil is kind of like a Jesus type character, yeah. which they really, really put more into that later mm-hmm. in the next sequels. Um, but for a movie to show me action, to show me storytelling, to show me love, to confuse and excite me and just get me all engaged and then educate me later on about cinema and, and the history of mankind and how cruel we are to each other. It's mm-hmm. like, it's so crazy. Like, so yeah, it's, it was going to be a nine, but I, it's so important to me. It's a 10 and that's biased. <laughs> You are so incredibly creative with the soundboard. I can, I, I'm just like, I don't know what sound to you, so I won't use any. <laughs> as soon as I heard you say 10, I was like, ooh, I know what button to use. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm so dumb. Yeah, it's okay. Maybe uh, opportunistic is a good way to describe it. Well, you're a better bank robber than me. <laughs> I think if we robbed the bank, I'd be more excited. I mean, I'm, I, the money's great, but if there was like free candy, like where the tellers were, I'd be like, oh, candy. <laughs> All right, you're the getaway car. You're you're the driver. Keep me outside. <laughs> Keep me in the Subaru. Ooh. Okay, so I would give it a nine. Ooh. Um, and not for any negative reasons. There's mm. really very few faults. I would slightly disagree and say it may not be a movie for everyone. Mm. However, I'm going to scale that back and say it wouldn't have been a movie for everyone back then, but mm. it might be more for a wider audience now just because it really did kind of create its own subculture. It kind of created iconic movie scenes and filming techniques and things that we discussed earlier. Mm -hmm. The fact that this came out right before Y2K when people were already starting to freak out about the computers, computers. (laughs) Yeah. The internet had just (laughs) kind of become a thing within the last decade. Yeah. Um, it was all very ambitious. It was huge themes that no, nothing like it had ever been made before. Nobody yeah. had really thought about this concept of what if we are just in a simulation? Life's not real. We're just all part of this big computer program. Yeah. Like that's a crazy idea. But there are people who legitimately believe that now. Yeah. Just like there are flat earthers and people who believe the moon landing was was staged. Faked. Like, yeah, there are people. It, mind you, it's a small, very minor group, but there are people who really, truly believe that this is all just a simulation and we're just plugged into a computer somewhere. Yeah. And that idea was not in existence before this movie happened. Like somebody yeah. had a thought and somehow contacted, I don't know if it was the Wachowskis, Wachowskis that had the thought or if it was somebody brought the thought to them, but yeah. it. I don't know of anybody who actually had that thought before this movie. Well, actually, there there were books and stuff by um, uh, physicists and stuff like that that explored these concepts. Sure. And they inspired them, too. I actually, one guy, in one of the books, uh, Simulation in Simracra, or whatever, that Neil opens at the beginning, that's actually a book that deals with those concepts. Uh, Philip K. Dick, his kind of like sci-fi stuff, also deals with, like, we've had material like that. Yeah. But I, th- I think you're right where it's like, it didn't go mainstream. Right. It was all very minor league fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah, not mainstream. It's kind of like weird in its own little, like, oh, like, look at these nerds. Kind of when, like when Star Trek first had their following of Trekkies. Yeah. Back in the 70s. Yeah. Like the Matrix <laughs> thing was like a Trekkie thing or, or the concept of are we in a simulation? Right. Um, I, I still find that um, I'm not a believer. I, I'm not even saying I'm a believer or not. I'm not sure. 
Yeah. But it'd be very interesting to find out one day that like, you know, we are one because I mean, Marvel deals with it with the the multiverse, right? Right. Like there's versions of me and you running out there that have made completely terrible decisions. I guess this one's the universe where I made all the bad decisions. There's one where I'm like really successful in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the one where I'm just like a big fucking loser. <laughs> but you know, like there, it's interesting to explore those concepts, but that's who we are as humans. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if almost like the matrix we're designed to, kind of like question what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like with the way the, the Morpheus phrase it up, he goes, you spent your whole life feeling something was wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I had a strange thing with that over 2020 where I was like, I felt like everything I was pursuing was the wrong thing. Like I just wanted to do things that were interesting and made money, uh-huh. but I didn't want to do things that like, I, I guess not that I didn't want to, but I wasn't invested in people around me. Right. And then suddenly I was kind of like, you know, 2020 happened. I was like, wow, we like, we kind of matter to each other. Like we're much more important than I, I failed to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. And so what is it about awakenings? What is, when you wake up and realize what's important, you yeah. know, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, big, huge project. <laughs> Sorry. Very I totally ambitious. went a wrong tangent there. No, no, you're good. You're good. It's a good segue. Um, but yeah, very ambitious project, solid movie. I don't have really anything to complain about it. It's yeah. just, there's, there's one point missing and I think it I think it is not for everybody. Not for everyone. Okay. I think it is more now than it was. Mm-hmm. But I think in the beginning at least it was for more of a limited audience despite how revolutionary it was. Yeah. Yeah. Even today, the audiences that you that you would say, I don't feel like the matrix is for them. Like what what kind of audience is that do you think? I would like, say similar to like how we reviewed Dune. Yeah. Some for some people it may be too big of an idea. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And too, too lore filled. And stuff. yeah. 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 Especially now that it has such a following. Yeah. Cause like, just as an example, like you and I really like that whole sci-fi genre and yeah. all of the subgenres. And this is a perfect example of this is a huge idea that the thought that, you know, we're all just in a simulation running around and consequences don't matter. And, you know, it's just a huge, big idea that has never been thought of before. And then right. for the last 20 years, it's been even more of a thing with all the Matrix movies and the subsequent lore behind it and yeah. everything that has come from it. So, yeah, not everybody's into that idea. Okay. No, that's fair. Yeah. You, your argument to, well, not even argument, but your your explanation of your 9 out of 10 is so good that it makes me almost want to change my score. But I won't. And I only say this because I'm a petty man who loves the Matrix so much that I will stand and die on my 10. There so. you go. You're good. <laughs> I I have so much like I, I just nerd out on the Matrix so much mm. that it will spare everybody <laughs> from hearing more of it. Well, good news. We have the Matrix reloaded to cover in on, on a future episode. So yeah. we'll have plenty more time to uh, nerd out over the matrix. By the time you hear this episode, um, it should not be too long after before we get reloaded. Cause we want to make sure that it all drops mm-hmm. so that we can really talk about, right. The plan is to do a series for the matrix and then reloaded and then revolutions. And then Hopefully, we'll have this all done in time to review Resurrections, Resurrections, the brand new one coming to HBO Max here soon and in theaters on December 22nd. So, yeah, the plan is to get all that reviewed and, and posted so that we can take care of that while it's still streaming. What's our competitor scores? Because mm. I, I was a 10 out of 10. Yep, you You're got 10. Nine. I'm a 9. So that brings our average to 9.5. Yes. 
I guessed that number in my mind. <laughs> Good job. Wasn't confident about it. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll pop first. Rotten Tomatoes. Tomato meter, 88%. Audience score, 85%. Nice. Yeah, so it's it's just a hot classic that people like. And IMDb has it at 8.7 out of 10. Metacritic score, 73, based on 35 reviews. Stupid-ass critics, I tell you. So if we don't count Metacritic, all the other three numbers are within 0.2. Wow. Don't tell me how you get that math. I'm going to trust you. <laughs> You're the calculation machine. You're the matrix, Carter. I think you're an NPC. I don't think you're... <laughs> well, you said uh, Rotten Tomatoes was 86%. Yeah. And oh, no, 88. 88%. On the tomato meter. Okay. And then audience score is 85. Okay, so within 0.3 then. Okay. So it goes from 8.5 to 8.8. I don't think I have enough fingers to count to 80. <laughs> Screw you, Carter. <laughs> the important thing is we were close with our with our, uh, with our our scores. We're we're just a little over the average. The but. important thing is it's a well loved series, Carter. Indeed, and, and no argument. <laughs> and whatever your nine out of ten means, jack shit to me because it's a ten out of ten movie. So what this review has proven to me is that I can't trust you on your scores. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be the same, or else the show's not good. <laughs> the math is sound, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't trust it. I got nothing else for the Matrix, so I just, I, yeah, I could go on for hours about it, and that's not worth, like, that's that's torture for everybody. Yeah, we need to find a clean way to end this. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could steal the sounds and play the Matrix. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, you Maybe know. someday when we can afford those cease and desist letters. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even afford the stamps on them. Right. Well, I guess just uh, hang on to your butts and go figure out if your life is a simulation or not. Yeah. And, and let us know. Ooh, you know what? Yeah, let us know on our Instagram. Yes, please. Tell communicate us. Communicate with us. Let us know. Is your life a simulation? Yes. Is this show even real? Yes. <laughs> and yes, I'm I'm agreeing like you should you should tell us. Not not yes, we are because that would be biased. Is Carter an NPC or is he a human being? <laughs> <laughs> so like the like the matrix says free your mind and tell us about it but don't do anything violent or crazy no we don't condone that this has been another successful episode of stranded and streaming indeed thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time toodles if you made it this far and you like the show please hit subscribe on whatever podcast listening platform you use we're available on all major platforms such as Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and more. To stay up to date and keep in touch, check out our Instagram at Stranded and Streaming. We'll post regular updates there for our followers. Feel free to send us a DM if you have any comments, questions, or requests for future reviews. But most importantly, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.